on tonight, we greet all of you. Say thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of this service. We know that God is up to something. I have said this so many times over the last five to seven weeks that God has a plan. People ask me all the time, they say, what is your explanation for all of this? I say, I have none. But I know this, God has a plan. And whatever God's plan is, I want to be a part of what God is doing. On tonight, as we continue the series that we began a few Tuesday nights ago called The Promises of God During a Time of Crisis, we've shared with you three of those promises. Tonight, we share with you the fourth promise uh, in this series, The Promises of God During a Time of Crisis. The theme scripture for this series is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. Chapter 1 and verse 20, and it simply says, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen. To the glory of God through us. Uh, to the glory of God through us, the promises of God during a time of crisis. Message number four is this. This is the fourth promise. He will make a way. He will make a way. Wherever you are, you ought to say, yes, he will. If you're in your kitchen, yes, he will. In your bedroom, yes, he will. Just lift those hands and say, yes, he will. He will make a way. In each one of these uh, messages, God has instructed us to share seven scripture references concerning the subject. And we've done just that. Seven uh, scripture references that talk about on tonight how God will make a way. When we say God will make a way, we're not only talking about God providing a way, but we're talking also about God guiding us, God leading us uh, in the way that he has set forth for us. So the promise tonight, promise number four, and here's what I want you to do. Get them all. You can go on our website. You can go on demand. You can get them all. And in fact, if you hit the notes uh, icon, you will be able to download the notes and the scriptures for this lesson on tonight. The first of the seven scriptures is found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 43 and verses 18 and 19. If you remember, those of you uh, that logged on on Sunday, we shared from Isaiah 43 on Sunday. We are going further in that chapter tonight in verses 18 and 19. Reading from the New International Version, Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. Here's what it says. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. <laughs> Forget the former things. Verse 18 says, do not dwell on the past. Verse 19 says, see, I am doing a new thing. 
God says, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? <laughs> what a powerful word. God sends to the prophet Isaiah to his people who would be going into captivity. God says, I am doing a new thing. Sometimes the reason God allows us to go through what we're going through, just so God can get rid of the old stuff, just so he can kill some stuff off in our lives and do a new thing. Look at the end of this verse. The end of verse 19, God says, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God says, I'm doing a new thing. I am going to make a way in the wilderness. The wilderness struggles of your life. God said, in the midst of what you're going through, I am making a way. I am showing you the way. I am guiding you through dark times. I'm guiding you uh, through sad days. I'm guiding you uh, through a period of your life that you may feel down and rejected and dejected. But God says, I am making a way. I am making a way in the wilderness. Remember, I'm doing a new thing. God's doing something new in our life. That was scripture number one. The second scripture reference uh, for tonight is found in Psalms 48 and verse 14. Psalms 48 and verse 14. We're reading from the New International Version once again. Psalms 48 and verse 14, and it reads, For this God is our God forever and ever. God is our God forever and ever. Look at how the verse ends. The latter part of that verse says, He will be our guide even to the end. In other words, God says, I will guide you. I will make a way for you. I will show you the way. I will guide you even to the end. And so there are times in our life in which we feel, I don't know if I can come through this. I, I don't know if I'm coming out of this. I, I don't know if, if, if God can make a way in this situation. And God says, yes, I can. I will be your guide, and I will guide you even to the end. It is so important that during the darkest moments of our life that we remember this word, that God is with us even to the end. God says, I'll guide you. I, I, I won't start on this journey and leave you. I won't go halfway and then abandon you. God says, I'll guide you. I will make a way for you, even to the end. What a powerful word from God. It is a word that we all can understand that God is with us. And then the third, the third scripture reference. Remember the promise. The promise is that he will make a way. God says that he will make a way. The Third scripture reference, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6, reading 
from the New International Version again. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6. Listen to what Solomon writes in Proverbs, the third chapter. In all your ways, submit to him. One translation says, acknowledge him. I like the NIV for this purpose in our lesson tonight. In all your ways, submit to God, and he will make your paths straight. Now let me dwell on this verse a little while. We all want God to make our paths straight. But the question is, are we all willing to submit to him? The verse starts out by saying, if you submit to him, then he will make your path straight. Maybe somebody somewhere tonight is wondering, Lord, I, I can't catch a break. Nothing seems to go my way. Nothing goes right in my life then maybe you ought to examine the first part of verse number six. Perhaps you ought to ask yourself this, am I submitting my way to God? Have I subjected my will to God's will? Have I said, Lord, it is not about me, but it is about you. And what I've come to realize in my life during the ups and downs, the valley experiences I've had, there have been times in my life in which I wondered, Lord, where were you? And I wondered, Lord, why haven't you uh, shown me the way? And God reminded me, I'm waiting on you to submit to me. I'm waiting on your will to totally be crushed. Sometimes we have to be crushed. Sometimes we have to just be put down. And God has to say, okay, it is not about you anymore. God has done this to me. He says, Darrell, this is not about you anymore. And, and, and it's not until I've gone through situations where it has become so bad that I know, Lord, now I know I need you more now than ever before. And so I say to you that if you're wondering why God hasn't made a way, then perhaps you ought to ask the question, have I submitted my will to God's will. Am I in total submission to the will of God? Sometimes in submitting our way to God's will is doing things that we don't want to do. Going places we don't want to go. Sometimes it is being involved and around people we don't want to be around. But God says it's not about you. It is about what I'm doing through you. I'll make your path straight. I'll make it easy for you. I'll give you a clear path to where I want to take you, but you must submit your will to my will. It cannot be about us. Whenever it is about us, God says, I'm out. There, there, is, there is not enough room for your will and God's will to coexist in any situation. Please hear me. God says, I don't operate like that. If, if you think you got this, then I'll see you later. But if you need me, you have to submit to me. You have to check your ego at the door. 
You have to lay aside everything that you think. It's my manhood. It's, it's I, I, I don't want to be humiliated by it. Sometimes we have to go through all of that and humble ourselves. And God says, then I will come in and then I will make your paths straight. The fourth scripture reference is a text. The, the next several ones are going to be found in the book of Exodus. But the fourth one is Exodus chapter 13, verses 21 and 22. And let me set the stage. It is dealing with Moses leading the children of Israel out of Egypt through the wilderness on their way to the promised land. You must remember that they had been in bondage for hundreds of years in Egypt. Uh, they, they had been subjected to the will of the Egyptians all their lives. In fact, they did not know how to live independent lives. They got up in the morning because the Egyptians told them to get up. When they went to bed at night, it was because the Egyptians dictated to them what they were going to do. And now God has led them on their way to a promised land. They are now free. And so here is the scripture in Exodus chapter 13, verses 21 and 22. The question was, how would God lead them? How is God going to lead these people through a wilderness? How will they navigate through a land that they, was not, they were not familiar with? Exodus 13, verse 21 says this. God says, by day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillow of cloud to guide them on their way and by night. Look at what it says. And by night in a pillow of fire to give them light. Listen to this. So that they could travel by day or night. Now, this is literal. This was this was a literal interpretation interpretation exodus but allow me to add some spiritual context to it god says in our situation god says i'll lead you by day and i'll lead you by night and sometimes god's methods of leading us at certain periods in our lives are different by day god says i led you by a cloud by night i led you by a pillow of fire. And so we sometimes say, well, Lord, you, you did it different then. And God says, I have the right to do it however I want to do it. And I'll lead you as it is good for God to lead you. So he was, he led the children of Israel out of bondage through the wilderness and they were led by a cloud. The cloud took them where they needed to go. And the fire at night not only comforted them, but it also took them where they needed to go. Look at verse number 22. Verse number 22 of Exodus chapter 13 says this. Neither the pillow of cloud by day. Listen to this. Neither the pillow of cloud by day nor the pillow of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Ooh, look at God. God says, I, I, I kept guiding you day and night. 
and my guidance of your life never left you. Who am I talking to right now? Because let me put this in another spiritual context. Because sometimes it's easier for us to follow by day. Because the day, sun's shining, things are right, we can smell the flowers, we can see the beauty of life. But there are times in our life, and here's what God says to me, Pastor Mac, to say to everybody that's listening tonight. There are times in our life in which we are experiencing nighttime. It's dark, it's dreary, it's lonely. And God says, even at night, I'm still there leading and guiding you. And the scripture says, the cloud nor the fire left day or night. All day, all night, God is guiding us. Late in the midnight hour, God is still there guiding us. We need to keep in mind that God does not just make a way when it's convenient. God makes a way even when it's difficult in our lives. So we are led day and night by the Lord. And then the fifth scripture reference. The fifth scripture reference is also found in the book of Exodus chapter 14. Remember I've set the context for you. I told you it involves Moses leading the children of Israel who had been in bondage for hundreds of years. Now they're free, being led by God through the wilderness. Amen. Chapter 14, verse 13. Moses answered the people. Listen to this. Because now they ran into a problem. Now uh, they feel as if we're free, but our enemies are chasing us. <laughs> Folk are out to get us. And did you bring us out here to die? Did you do this just so we, are there no graves in Egypt? Why bring us to this place to leave us? How quickly do we forget what God has already done? How quickly did they forget how God, through his mighty, powerful hand, delivered them out of oppression? But God gives Moses a word. Exodus chapter 14 and verse 13. It says this. Moses answered the people. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. King James says stand still. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. Uh, you worried about God leaving you? God says, you don't have to be afraid. Stand firm, stand still, and you will see the deliverance that God will bring to you today. Somebody, somewhere, no matter what you're going through, God's word to you today is stay put. God's word to you today is don't waver. Do not give up. Do not throw the tower in. Why? Because you will see what God is going to do in your life today. God says, you'll see it today. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. <laughs> what a powerful word. In fact, I'm going to preach about this Sunday uh, in our Sunday message uh, from 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 
Uh, but the Lord says to Moses, he says, tell them they don't have to fight. I know an army is chasing them, but they don't have anything to worry about. Their instructions are very clear. Stand still, stand firm, and see God deliver you. So many times we are so insistent on trying to make a way ourselves. You try, you'll make it work. I'm going to make this thing work. How many times have you heard people say that? How many times have we said that? I am going to find a way to make it work. And God said, you don't have to find a way to make it work. My wife tells me all the time, she says, your problem is you want to fix everything and everybody. You think and that you got to fix it. Something wrong, you have to fix it. Something wrong in the family, you feel like, I got to make it right. At church, you have to make it right. In somebody's life. And here's what God reminded me. That's not my job. God says, that is not my job to make everybody whole. God says, that's his job. And my job is to watch God do his job. Your job is to watch God do what God can do and only God can do. The Lord said he will fight for you. You only need to stand still. What a powerful word from the Lord. Powerful word. In fact, God says uh, to the children of Israel, to Moses, these Egyptians you see today, you won't see them anymore. God did something miraculous. God, God opened the Red Sea and, and allowed them to cross on dry land. And then God swallowed the enemy uh, trying to come in the same territory. Here's what God told me. God dropped this word in my spirit. God says, I made a way through the Red Sea for the children of Israel, but it was not made or designed for the Egyptians. And that is why the children of Israel walked off on dry land. The Egyptians got bogged down. Their chariot wheels got stuck in the mud. And God drowned them right there in the Red Sea. God will make a way. Somebody somewhere needs to know that God will make a way. And then the sixth scripture reference. The sixth reference is found in the book of Exodus chapter 15 and verse 13. Exodus chapter 15 and verse 13, the new King James Version. Listen to this. Exodus 15 and 13, same context. Children of Israel going through the wilderness, God leading them to a promised land. Listen to this scripture reference. You in your mercy have led forth the people whom you have redeemed, Moses says, you have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. In other words, Moses writes this to God and he says, it was you and your mercy, Lord. You have led the people that you have redeemed. I want you to know something. If you are making it, if you have any level of success today, I want you to know that God and God alone has made it happen in your life, not by power, nor by might, but by his spirit, said the Lord. Too often we take credit 
for what God has done. And God says, I, I know there's a certain level of success that you enjoy, but it's because I made a way. When I look at ministries and one of, one of the things that my father insisted on, and that is, son, never take credit for what God has done. He said, God can use anybody, but everybody ought to give him the glory for what he has done. And so too often what disturbs me is this. I've heard too many people talk about my ministry, my church, my success. Look what God's doing through me. And, and, and in this age in which we live in, in which we judge success by how popular someone is, Maybe how many followers they have, uh, how, and so, and it, it, everybody cannot take that. Some people cannot stand to be blessed, as Bishop Jake says. Everyone cannot enjoy the success that God gives them. Why? Because they didn't take credit for what God has done. But here's what Moses wanted God to know that he knew and wanted the children of Israel to know that it was God's mercy that led them forth. It was God's mercy that had redeemed them. Jeremiah says this in Lamentations, it is of the Lord's mercies that we've not been consumed. His compassion faileth not. It is renewed every morning. Great is his faithfulness. If you have any success, every teacher in the classroom, God did it. Every engineer, God did it. Every truck driver, God did it. Whatever you do, God did it. And nothing gets more credit than the other. You need to know that if it had not been for the Lord that was on our side, making a way of no way, where would we be? The text says you have guided them in your strength, to your holy habitation, to your holy destination. If we end up where we want to be, it is because God made a way. If you're in a place where you think you want to be and you deserve to be, don't pat yourself on the back. It is because God made a way. But pastor, I studied hard. I made a lot of sacrifices to get where I am now. But none of that would matter if you didn't get up every morning. God put breath in your body. God gave you the mind to retain knowledge. God gave you the strength to do whatever you were doing. So let us always give God the glory. And when you do, God will bless you over and over again. Here's the seventh and the last one. The seventh and the last one is this. And we always, on the seventh one, share a story. The seventh scripture reference is found in the book of Genesis, chapter 50, and verse number 20. The New King James Version. Genesis chapter 50 and verse number 20. The story is about Joseph. And in order to understand the 50th chapter of Joseph, you need to go back to the 37th chapter of the book of Genesis. In order to understand this 50th chapter of the book of Genesis concerning Joseph, you need to go back to the 37th chapter. 
And in the 37th chapter of the book of Genesis, Joseph, 17 years old, God shares with him a powerful dream. And God tells Joseph, I am going to bless you unlike any of your other brothers. I'm going to do something great to you. And in fact, your family will bow down to you. Joseph shared that dream with his brothers, perhaps a youthful mistake, thinking that everybody will share your dream. And maybe to these young people who are here with me tonight that are singing, just remember, everybody won't share your dream. Everybody's not going to celebrate what God is going to do in your life. Joseph's brothers did not. They threw him in a pit with intent of letting him die there. But here's God making a way. Remember what this, this lesson is about. He will make a way. Joseph in the pit, but God made a way. It was through Judah and others that says, let's not leave him in this pit. Let us sell him into slavery. And so he did not die in the pit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because God was making a way. And God sent the Ishmaelites their way, and they brought Joseph as a slave. Here's what God told me to tell you as we begin to wrap this lesson up. God says, the way that I make for you is not something that you sometimes would choose for yourself. Because Joseph never would have chosen slavery as a method of getting him to his place of destiny. But God says, I've got a plan. And here God is making a way. God sent the Ishmaelites there and they brought him as a slave, took him down to Egypt. Joseph could have given up. Joseph could have said, God, 17 years old, I didn't ask for this. You told me that I would be blessed and highly favored and that my own family would bow down to me. But God had a plan. Sell Joseph to a man named Potiphar. Joseph become a servant in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's house is blessed because Joseph is there. And now Potiphar's wife, you know the story. Time would not permit me to get into the entire story. Potiphar's wife, because Joseph stood up for what was right, lied on him, said that Joseph tried uh, to abuse her. Potiphar then turns on Joseph, and now Joseph finds himself in a prison. Joseph finds himself in a dungeon. Wouldn't it have been so easy for Joseph that says, I give up. God, I'm a long ways from home. I'm a slave. I served my master even as a slave. And because I stood up for what was right, here I am in this dungeon. I'm talking to someone now. But God was making a way. God was making a way over and over and over again. See, the pit was necessary in order to get Joseph to Egypt. The dungeon and the prison was necessary in order to get Joseph to Pharaoh's house and be governor of Egypt. What happened? You know the story. As he was in prison, 
he encountered a butler and a baker. And Joseph interpreted the dream. And one of them remembered Joseph. And when, and when Pharaoh needed his dream interpreted, he says, no one here can do it. He says, I know a man in prison. He's a Hebrew young man, and his name is Joseph. Look at God making a way over and over again. And now Joseph's in prison. Pharaoh's calls for Joseph. Joseph goes, and, and to fast forward the story, he interprets Pharaoh's dream. Pharaoh's is so impressed, he elevates Joseph, takes him out of prison, gives him a robe and a ring, makes him governor of Egypt, and says, only I am greater than Joseph. Whew. Joseph is second in command in all of Egypt. God makes a way. God always makes a way. And now we get to the scripture text. Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20. Joseph is no longer 17 years old. Joseph is now a middle-aged man, had been in Egypt for a while, sitting on the throne, and here comes Joseph's brothers. Unbeknowing to them at first, they come to Egypt because there's a famine in the land. Somebody say, but God. And they have to go through Joseph in order to get their needs met. 17 in a pit. 20 years later, God says, I told you I had this. They stand before Joseph, finally realizing this is the brother we betrayed. And they fell down and worshiped Joseph's feet at his feet. Isn't that what God showed him when he was at 17 years old? And here they are now, falling down, worshiping Joseph. But look at Joseph's humility. Joseph knew that this was not about me. This was all about God. We get to verse 20, Genesis chapter 50, the new King James Version. Joseph tells them to get up. And Joseph utters these most powerful words. But as for you, you meant evil against me. But here's the word that we always say in church. But God, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about at this day, at this time, to save many lives. In other words, what you intended to take me out, God used to take me up. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I am talking to someone that's, as we prepare for this altar right now, some of you are going through something. Some of you may be in the experience of being in the pit or being in the dungeon, and God says, listen, I have a plan. And it, it, may, it, it was 20 years, it was 20 years before his brothers bow down to Joseph. And God says, I don't care how long it takes. All I'm telling you is I am making a way. And I've got to take you through uh, some twists and turn in order to get you to where I want you to be. In fact, Egypt is where they needed to be. 
Can I tell you something that I've got to go, my time is up. But it was so necessary for the preservation of the people of Israel for them to be in Egypt. Because if they would have remained in their homeland, uh, they would have died of famine. And God says, I had to send you to Egypt, Joseph, and I had to subject you to 20 years of being separated from your family because this was bigger than you. I am trying to save a whole nation and God needed the lineage of Jacob and Joseph to be preserved because somewhere out of that lineage came the Savior, Jesus. And God says, I had a plan. I was making a way all along. You didn't see it. You didn't know it. But while you were in prison, I'm making a way. While you were in a pit and a dungeon, I'm making a way. Can I say something? God dropped this in my spirit. Some of you got loved ones that perhaps are incarcerated right now. And God told me to say this. God says, look at this as a part of God's divine plan. It is not their destination. It is the process that will lead them to where they need to be with the Lord. And God says, I'll turn it around. Some of you are wondering why you've been in your house a self-imposed imprisonment perhaps. And you feel as if I've been stuck here, why am I here? And God says, I'm doing it for a reason. Listen, and we're done. God did not reveal to Joseph while he was in the pit what the pit was all about. <laughs> he never revealed to Joseph while he was in prison what prison was all about but it was after he was out and God had turned it around and God had made a way out of no way and God says now in verse 20 chapter 50 I did this so that many lives could be saved so who is he talking to tonight somebody somewhere right now God's talking to you. Song said, God will make a way. Our dear brother, Pastor Travis Green, is doing a phenomenal job in this city. I'm so proud of the ministry that God has birthed out of him. He wrote this song called Made Away. Standing here not knowing how we ever get through this test, but holding unto faith you know best nothing nothing can catch you by surprise you've got this figured out <laughs> thank you brother Travis for writing this you've got this figured out Lord and you're watching us now but when it looks as if I can't win you wrapped us in your arms and you stepped in and everything we need you to supply you've got this in control and now we know <laughs> that you made a way <laughs> when our backs were against the wall 
and it looks as if it was all over, you made a way. We are standing here only because the only reason why you are still alive, only reason why some of us are still here today is because God made a way. Come on, praise team. It's a, yeah, yeah. Wherever you And you call to 
There's some anointing in this place. There's an anointing in this place. Somebody, wherever you are right now, you don't have to be here, but we're sending this anointing to you over and over and over. He keeps making a way. The old folks say he's a way maker and a heart fixer. Over and over and over. He keeps making a way. Listen, Isaiah 43, verse 19 again. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness. God says, I'm doing it right now. I'm providing for your family. I am touching your body. I am touching your finances. Uh, when you go back to work, your job won't be the same. Folk, folk, there were demons on your job before the pandemic hit. They won't even be the same. God says, I'm making streams in the wasteland. So I say to somebody right now, wherever you are, don't be discouraged. Know that God is making a way. Listen, the number is on the screen. The number is on the screen. Call us right now. If you need prayer, if you need to know that God is making a way, dial this number. Someone is there to pray with you right now. I'm here to tell you that this process is not your destination. Just like the pit and the prison were not the destinations of Joseph. <laughs> Joseph's destination was the palace. But listen to this. But in order to get to the palace, he had to go through the pit and through the prison. And God says some of us got to go through some things in order to get to where God wants us to be. But take courage because God is making a way. Call us. Call us right now. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be in this state wherever you are anywhere in this world. This is a toll-free number. Call right now. And just touch and agree and tell that minister on the phone, I just want you to agree with me that God is making a way. God is turning our situation around. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this fourth lesson in this series. We thank you for another promise that you've made to us during a time of crisis. Thank you for reminding us over and over and over again. You have always made a way. Lord, we pray for someone right now, wherever they may be, somewhere across the world, somewhere in another state, perhaps someone that's sick in their house right now. Do it, Lord. <laughs> Do it. Visit some loved one in a hospital room right now. We know that you're able. 
You can do what doctors and scientists have not been able to do. I still believe, yes I do, that you are a healer. <laughs> Lord, do it right now. Touch somebody's body right now, Lord. And then encourage us as we continue to go through this wilderness experience. Remind us that you are doing a new thing, that you are making a way in the wilderness. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And wherever you are, whatever you're going through, lift those hands and tell the Lord, Amen. Amen. Come on and tell him again before we, you made a way, Lord. Oh, yeah, you yeah. made you made a I don't way. know how, don't know how, but you made oh. As we pray this closing prayer, let me thank all of you for so faithfully, week after week, tuning in to this virtual service. And to those who give to this ministry, I want to encourage you, you can do that tonight. You can text and give, and we will show you other ways how. And a special message from me as the pastor of Bible Way to all of those that are members all of those that are affiliated with this ministry. Thank you so much. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your messages. Some of you have been so encouraging to me. I've received them all, your text messages and emails. Thank you for your gifts. Some have even come by the church to drop off their tithing and offerings. Thank you because we refuse to allow the enemy to get any glory out of this. We're going to come back stronger, more on fire than what we've ever been. And to those of you that are affiliated with other ministries, remember I've said this every week, continue to sow into your ministry, continue to give into that ministry. They need you now more than ever. Join us on Sunday as we share the second message in this series, God's Stimulus Package. And that message, ironically, is entitled, When Your Back is Against the Wall. <laughs> God says, when your back is against the wall, God says, I'll tell you what you need to do. Don't call a pity party, but I'll tell you what you need to do in order for your enemy to be defeated. Join us Sunday live at 8 and at 11 and you can download any of the services 24 7 on demand just go to our website let us pray lord we thank you for this service we thank you for these anointed young people that are here thank you for this great group of band members media members and others ministers that are manning the phone thank you for those that are listening wherever they are Thank you for those that are still ministering. Thank you for care group leaders and ministry leaders that are calling people who are going through saying, I just want to leave you a personal message. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that we all are connected. Perhaps, Lord, the one great benefit that has come out of all of this, it shows how interconnected we all are. No matter where we are, California, New York, no matter where we are, 
Italy, we can be in Germany, anywhere in the world, the word can get to everybody and we say thank you. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us now, tomorrow, and forever. And everybody, wherever you are, join me and say amen. He made a way. He made God bless you. Join us Sunday. Yeah, yeah. tuning in. We'd also like to thank you for your continued financial support to the ministry of Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Here are the following ways you can give. Online through My Connections via our website, bwcar.org, by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256 or recurring through our automatic draft through your bank account or My Connections. Thank you for joining us. We miss your beautiful faces. Please stay encouraged, stay connected, and stay with God. Again, we want to say thank you for being a part of this service. Please share this with your family and friends. And remember, you can always reach us if you need prayer. If you need to just to talk to someone, call us here at any time. Again, thank you. Stay encouraged. You may be shut in, but know this, you're never shut out. God can get to where you are, no matter where that may be. Thank you. God bless. God bless.